0: I want to share with you guys about obedience. Um, In God's Word, we talk about obedience, and I grew up in a church where obedience was king. It was about being obedient, and that's what, you know, you looked good. My parents set us in a row in front of them. Why do you think that is? You don't talk? There's this piece of hair that must have all the nerve endings right here. All the nerve endings come to, And if you are not listening, if you're not obeying, if you're doing things you shouldn't... I had a lot of siblings, so there was a lot of us to get in trouble, the youngest and nine. And they could do this thing. And you just felt like you were dying. So, you know, you learned how to obey really quickly. Or you you learned when your mom or dad or who wasn't watching. And I think sometimes that's how we see obedience. We want our kids to obey. We want, you know... We want compliance, and but really what I want to talk about today is that obedience is not the goal, especially in the church. We hear about it mostly in the church, but obedience is not the goal that Christ came for. It is a byproduct of the love because God came to give us freedom. He sent his son. So obedience is really a byproduct of it. It is not... It is not the goal. So, I want to read to you guys what obedience, um, like in the dictionary, says. It says compliance with an order or law or submission to another's authority. Obedience is behavior that's respectful and mindful of rules and laws. When I looked that up and I read that, I was like, compliance. Do we just want people in our life to comply? Do we just want yes people? Are we just saying, I'm so glad my kids and my, my friends and my coworkers, I'm glad they just do what I tell them to do. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> See, sometimes we do wish. We're like, Lord, bring that obedience here. It doesn't matter what's going on in their heart. It doesn't matter what God's saying to them. I want them to do what I want them to do. Sometimes when your kids are little, you want them to do what you want them to do. When it's time to get in the car, and they think it's time to take all their clothes off and run around. No, you want them to get their shoes on, put their jacket on, and get in the car. Just obey, right? And they're like, this is fun. And I look at that and I thought, you know, we're just wanting to follow all the rules. When we're in school, we want the kids, what, to line up. Line up. Where do you line up and walk around? all the time but we want them to just obey and line up and there's no freedom in that right and so we teach them how to obey but we don't teach them um, how to handle that freedom we just want them to obey it doesn't matter if they really understand why they're lining up or why they're doing that we just want them to do it because it makes it easier for who for us and when we demand obedience first it usually comes through fear I mean, maybe your parents never said this, but my mom's like, I will put the fear of God in you, right? There's times I was afraid of my mom and my dad because I was like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. Because when we force obedience, it will come through fear. You may get the results you want. You may get that child to physically or that person to do what you want them to do, but it will be driven by fear and punishment. God's not like that. Do you guys know that? God is not like that. It says his kindness, his kindness brings us to repentance. In that we can't stop people from making mistakes, right? I can't even stop myself from making mistakes sometimes. Like I have a plan and then it doesn't follow that. And when we're trying to just cut out everything that could go wrong, every mistake, um, that could happen in, in our lives and in our children's lives, we kind of cut out a piece of what God created us to be. We cut out that choice and that, that freedom. And when we do that, we create, this, we create this culture of punishment where our people are afraid to come to us, you know. I mean, and they are afraid to come to God because they're thinking that's what God looks like. That's what he looks like. He's going to make me do this. He's going to make me get up early and go to church. He's going to, you know, make me serve. He's going to make me, you know, give. And that's not who God is. We want a culture that has good boundaries so that when we make mistakes, they can be affordable, not detrimental. And God can be like, hey, you know what? That's not what I wanted for you, but you tried. Come on, keep coming. I want you to talk to me. I want you to tell me what's going on. I don't want you to hide it from me. You're not going to get in trouble. So I'm going to share with you about my experience um, when my kids were young. They were frustrating. You guys, I was a very hard person, and I wanted it my way, and I was tough. I was physically tough. I had four brothers. You want to know how tough I am? That's how tough I was. I have four brothers. Okay? So I was physically tough. You know, I was emotionally soft, but I had a tough wall up, and i had children and they just didn't do everything that you'd you know i see people walking around their kids always were clean and and they're listening and they're not you know flaring in the cart flailing in the cart and all of these things and so i wanted my kids to just listen and it was frustrating right anybody been there that you're frustrated with your kids i remember telling my mom i don't even like my kids She's like, I, I'm like, I love them, but I don't like them because they're not doing it my way. Mm. And you know what? My kids were really never mouthy. They really weren't disobedient. They weren't really that disrespectful. It's just that they were really just doing what they were created to do, to make choices, to learn their independence. They were just being kids. But I wanted them to obey and look good, Right? Because that's, I want people to think, oh, look at their kids. Look how nice their family is. My family is nice and also crazy. <laughs> they can go together. I know, it can be chaotic. You know, sometimes when my kids say, like, so sometimes people think I have mouthy kids because if I speak to my kids harshly, they have the right to say to me, don't speak to me like that. You may not, you may not talk to me like that. Oh my gosh. No, it's true because, you know, God created them and I do not have the right to speak harshly to them just because they're a child, right? And so I, they're, you know, looking at me, especially my youngest. If I tried to make her obey, she would just come right up to me. I mean, she's like, she's like, if I, if I, if I perish here today, (laughs) it doesn't matter, but she, you know, you could not make her obey. And I thought, Lord, this isn't working. She's not a first child. You know, first children, they just, they want to obey. They love you. They don't know any different. So they're like, oh, they come out thinking that this is the way it is. Then the second one comes, and they're like, oh, no, God created me with fire. (laughs) A lot of fire. And so, really, the problem was not my children. The problem was not, um, you know, what they would and wouldn't do. The problem was me. I was demanding something of them that God was not demanding of them. And praise God, we got that revelation early when our kids were little, little. And I'm so thankful for that because it changed our lives. I always tell people, people are always like, when are your kids going to go? You know, you have teenagers, oh my gosh, all that teenage angst and they're angry and they're drama and they're rebellion. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't have that in our home at all and people are just like, oh, and and then they're complaining about their kids, and their kids won't do what they want them to do, and I'm like, we don't have that, and there's not this, they're not embarrassed of us, and there's not, you know, go, they haven't went through that time where I hate my mom and dad. I mean, some, you hear about that, teenagers, they shut their door, they don't want to talk to you. My kids, you know, I can't keep them on my room. like, I want to go to bed, and they're like, let's talk some more. Can I sit in your bed? Can I have all of your things? Everything is mine. You know, that's, that's the way our life is. Sometimes, you know, the, we have a queen-size bed. The end, you know how you usually have a puppy or something sleep there? No, my kids get up and get the pillow, and they'll be like, I'm just going to lay here for a couple hours. No problem, Mom. And I love that because my kids can bring anything to me because instead of making obedience the goal, we may love the goal. See, because what I wanted to fix with punishment, God wanted to cheat, teach us with love. And I think we really need to understand what we try to fix with punishment, God already made a way for us to use love to teach them. In John fifteen nine, if you want to look it up or I'll just read it. In John 15, 9, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If we expect to be loving towards other people. We have to know in, and be in the Father's love. God did that, that, he gave me that same freedom and I need to extend that to other people. My kids, the people that I work with, the people in church, I need to extend that freedom and that love and not just expect them to look and act the way that I would. Because the way that God has called me to be may not be what he's called you to be, right? And that's Okay. I mean, it would get crazy if there was a lot, you know what I mean? If we're all morning people, right? There's like two morning people in here. If you're night people, wait, you guys wouldn't answer because you're not up yet. But um. he gave me the opportunity to make mistakes, and he gave me unconditional love. And he says, if you first love me, you will love, if you understand my love, you'll love other people. So that's what we need to extend. I love, I'm going to be in First John. It says in 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love. Perfect love puts out, puts fear out of our hearts. Puts it out. It's saying you're not welcome here. It doesn't just say, puts it out. I love that. Perfect love puts fear out of our hearts. People have fear when they are afraid of being punished. The man who is afraid does not have perfect love is that amazing? It says that love puts fear out in 1 John. It says fear comes when we think we're going to be punished. There is, God is not a punisher. He's not. He's shown it over and over. He sent his son. It is for freedom. We've been set free. He's not a punisher. So, so if he's not a punisher, you've got to think, who is a punisher? And we think like that. Who is a punisher? And if we think we want to punish people and we want to punish our children, we want to punish people who have done something wrong, who are we acting like? Because God is not a punisher. See, when we think like that, then we're like, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm never going to punish anybody ever again. <laughs> You're like, go home to your children. I love you so much. I'm so sorry. Because when we think like that, you have a realization of if God's not a punisher, who is? And I want to be like Christ. I want to, be like, I want to look like Christ. So he, he is the son of God. And if he's not a punisher, then neither am I. When we get this revelation, just remember. So if you're like, I've kind of been a punisher. I used to totally be a punisher. I would yell. Guys, I have a boisterous voice, okay? My children were not scared of me, though. Because what they figured out is, if you're just going to punish us, we're just going to hide things from you. And we're talking like little kids, Um, and so when people get this revelation, or when you get this revelation, not everyone's going to be happy about it, especially if they're still striving to just obey. So if you're walking in freedom, you know what happens when you're walking in freedom and people are still living under punishment? It breeds jealousy in their hearts because they're living that punishment lifestyle. Because they haven't quite got that revelation of how to have relationships well. They don't understand how you live. How do you live like that? How do you keep order in your house? They don't understand how to live without punishment because maybe that's the only tools they had growing up. Maybe that was the way that they were raised. Maybe that's the way it is in their work environment. Maybe that's the way it is in their home environment. That may be the way it is in their church environment. And they'll look at you and think, well, you're out of control. What do you mean you don't punish your kids? And, and we look at that. We think, they think, what are you doing? How do you keep order in your house? How do you keep them? How do you keep your kids following the Lord? How do you keep your kids going to church? How do you keep them doing what they're supposed to do every day? I don't know what I'm supposed to do every day. Gotta let me know because like i said punishment comes from the enemy we're never we never intended to be punished jesus went to the cross he paid for that we don't need to have that anymore in our lives and if you look every time god calls for obedience in his word it hangs on the command of love love comes first love your father and mother And you obey them. Love God. Love your God above anything else. Love comes first and everything else will hang on that. So obedience is the overflow. Your kids may be obedient. People that are under you and submit to your authority, they may be obedient. But because of the overflow that you have, because you loved them well. Obedience should never come first. It's always an overflow act. I love John 14, 15, it says, this is Jesus prophesying about the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit. I don't want just God, and I don't want just Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He, you know what? He's the one that moves us forward in our walk with Christ. And Jesus is prophesying here about the Holy Spirit. It says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. So when we love when we love Jesus, when we love God, it empowers us to to want to obey. It becomes a joyful thing. We want to obey the word of the Lord. Instead of we have to obey the word of the Lord because something bad will happen to us, it's I want to obey the word of the Lord because God is going to release things into my life when I do, and he is going to bring good things into my life when I do. Instead of it being... I have to, it's I get to right there. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. When I say love, I'm not talking about like, oh, love. I'm talking about agape love, that unconditional, selfless love. I'm talking about an active love that does something. I'm talking about that sacrificing, purposeful, never-ending love. That's what God is talking about. Right there, that is what he's talking about. That's what makes obedience easy. It's not based on your need for love. It's not based on what you have. It is surpassing. It says it surpasses all understanding. And you know what? We need the Holy Spirit to understand that. So it surpasses our understanding. So we need the Holy Spirit because God is the only omnipresent. He's the only one that has all understanding. So if we want to be able to comprehend that, we need the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And that comes through calling on the name of the Lord Jesus, knowing that he died for our sins, that he died for, for our bad choices, all of that, and say, you know what? You are Lord. You know the way. You are the way, the truth, and the life and I'm going to come into the kingdom through you. And when you do that, you receive the holy spirit living inside you. That's the love we need. We need Jesus to first come in and he transforms our hearts first. And then we get in and then we love him and he begins to transform us and then we get in and we our minds begin to get renewed of what is true. You know, not what we've heard or what we've known or the way that we've lived, but our minds begin to begin to be transformed in the truth and it is the truth of god's word that that does this whole circle and creates this this newness but it's first jesus it's always first jesus he comes into your life he transforms your heart all the stuff the holy spirit just begins to work and renew our minds and wash us in the truth of his word So when we punish ourselves, how many of you guys punish yourselves? <laughs> All the time, right? We're like the, the hardest person on us is usually ourselves. But when we're punishing ourselves, we're punishing a child of God. God's child. Yeah, it is ouch. Because we would never, you know, sometimes we've got that revelation about that, and we're thinking, "I'm never going to punish you, but then we'll punish ourselves." And I look and I'm like, "We're God's children. We're God's children. He did not create it for that. And, and we don't need to punish our families, or our friends. It's an exhausting way to live. It is exhausting. Because everyone's hiding and lying to each other that way. That's an exhausting way to live. But when we allow God to love us and tr- teach us how to truly love each other we'll become selfless, unconditional. And obedience is good when it is motivated out of love and not fear. I'm going to jump to Acts 13 here. And 38 it says, "So listen, friends," with an exclamation. through this jesus the forgiveness of sins is offered to you everyone who believes in him is set free from sin and guilt something the law of moses had no power to do boom when everyone when people say well god did this in the old testament and god he was showing you that the law could not do what love could do He was showing you that punishment could not do what what love could do. Even God in the Old Testament was showing you that. He's saying it right here. Something the law of Moses had zero power to do. We were to obey the law, but the law could not set us free. He was saying it can't do that. Punishment will never set you free. Punishment will never reconcile you. To Jesus. The compassion of a good God who sent Jesus to pay that debt is the only way. The only way. There is no other ways. There's lots of, there's lots of different paths, but there is one way, one way to be reconciled to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. That's it. It's Jesus And so punishment will make you good at hiding things. It will breed bitterness. It will breed jealousy. And it, most of all, it will breed rebellion. Because its creator, punishment's creator, is not or I guess originator, is not God. I look at Adam and Eve in the garden, and I know you guys have probably heard this lots of times, but it says... You want, I want to be, have a relationship with people like I have with God instead of saying, oh, no, I did something wrong. I've got to hide it from my dad. needs to be, oh, no, I did something wrong. I need to go get help from my dad. And this morning I was just thinking, going over this word, and, and God's like kind of like the garden, Sarah. And I was like, yeah. He said, I came to them with love. And I said, what are you doing? But their fear of punishment made them, instead of run to me and say, we did this, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, God help us. And God could have just picked them up and said, I know, you know, flick the enemy out of there. But instead, their fear caused them to side with punishment and hide. And then it bred, you know, all of these things. It put rebellion in their heart because that's what it does. And, and I look at Adam and Eve and I'm thinking, God, we're, we're kind of like that sometimes too. We, when you give us the opportunity and you're like, hey, what are you doing? We're like, nothing. Don't you know that I'm a preacher and I know everything? <laughs> Those who can't see my facial expressions. But you know what I mean? We want to look perfect. And I shared this with some friends and I said, I remember one time when I was out of control and those of you who know me are never going to, you know. But I was, like, yelling. I was, like, getting all mad, you know, like, why are your shoes here? Why, you know, everything just was setting me off. And I was just acting rebellious. Like, I don't know. I was, It was just not good. I was just mad, and I was yelling. And, you know, Matt being, he was going to be a good shepherd to me. And he's like, you know. Yeah, he did, just like this. <laughs> He said, you know, would God want you to act like that? And in my wisdom, I look right at him, and I said, I know that I am out of control, but it doesn't matter because God loves me when I'm like this, and he loves me, and I know repentance is coming, but not right now. (laughs) And I look, but that's a revelation is I knew God was not going to punish me because I already had that conviction of freedom, that my freedom was I get to have reconciliation to the Lord. So even in that, when I was acting my worst and he thought that he would help me along the way, I thought, no, my actions don't dictate the love of God for me. And even when I'm disobeying his word, it doesn't change the love of God in my life. Now, because I love him so much, there was a lot of repentance and, and kind words after. Um, but in that moment, it didn't change because it wasn't about being obedient. Um, and I, and it, if I was just to be obedient, I probably would have held that down and just let some bitterness grow. I'd have probably been like, you're right. And I probably would have walked off and let bitterness grow. And when bitterness, you know, bitterness, once it gets a root... That is hard to pull out. And that's why I think that when we bring punishment into our homes, we don't realize that that's creating these, these roots um, of bitterness and rebellion and all of those things that God did not intend for us. So I love in James... And it says, James one twenty five. it says, But the one who keeps looking into God's perfect law and does not forget it and do what it says and be happy as he does it, God's word makes men free. Okay, he is talking about the law. He's like, yeah, I would really like you to follow these things. Like, try not to steal from each other. Don't be murdering people up in here. And things like that, you know. Like, try to, like... Um, obey your parents and stuff. So he's saying, you know, this law isn't, isn't terrible. I'm not asking you to do bad things. But he's saying, here's the key. Be happy as, be happy as you do it. That's what love does. When you love first and then ob- obedience becomes the overflow, you're happy to obey that, right? My kids are happy to, to obey what I ask them to do. They're not yelling at me and fighting with me and hiding things. We have had just different people in our life, and our family is really close. And I said to people, I said, I trust my kids and my husband's word over anybody's word, over any adult, anybody's word on this earth. Obviously, Jesus, but I'm talking about in, in that natural. And people are looking at me like, well, they're kids. I said, yeah, but I know that I can trust them because we have built that trust into our lives. We have taken that punishment out so that I'm not worried about if they say you said something, you said it. And not because they're my kids and I think they're perfect. No, because they have that trust and I know they're going to come with me and we don't have this, this, you know, this, wall of, like, lies and hiding things, because they learned, we, me and Matt learned from our Father, God in heaven, and then we brought that to our children, and then our children met Jesus, and then they realized that's how we want to live, and so it became this amazing punishment-free zone, which is really fun. So if you haven't tried it, you should try it. Sometimes uh, you're the one getting a little correction, but that's all right. And I love that it says it makes, God's word makes men free. You Guys, freedom. How many of you guys like freedom? (laughs) Okay, kids, when they get out of school, they're like, freedom, you know what I mean? When you are done with work for the day and those sweatpants and you get home (laughs) and it's freedom, there's movement, you're allowed to do things. You know, that's freedom, right? If you work in customer service and you've had people who have had, you've had a lot of people who have come in and they haven't got that revelation yet all day long. You know, when you get to leave at the end of the day, you are glad that you now have freedom from that, right? And that's what we need to realize. Christ gave us freedom not just in, he gave us freedom in every single area of our life. And he gave us the freedom to choose, And when we love him, we make those good choices. We make choices that benefit us and not drain us. That's what God did. 1 Corinthians 6.12. I got a lot of scripture because you guys know scripture is good. It gives us wisdom. God's got a lot in there. So I'm just going to keep going. It says, it's true that our freedom allows us to do anything. But that doesn't mean that everything is good for us. I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved by anything. That's good right there. We have choice. And I'm not just saying you have a choice because you're an adult or you're a kid. Everybody has choices. And we get to choose to not be enslaved by anything. When we encounter the freedom and the love of God, we can do anything. We can do anything. Maybe we shouldn't do everything. But our hearts are now drawn to choosing things that bring life. That's the difference. Your heart begins to be drawn to choosing things that bring life and goodness. Because God's word always brings goodness. It brings joy. It brings that joyful obedience like, I want to be there on time. I want, I want... To listen to my mom and dad i want to be kind to people because it that's what it breeds in us it makes us want to be obedient i want to read my bible i want to sing praises to the lord not i have to oh gosh we got to sing for 20 minutes i get to worship the lord and be in his presence yes lord Le- i'll stay here all day with you That's obedience. That's joyful obedience right there. We get to walk in that peace. We get to walk in that righteousness. And we get to live in the fullness. You guys, fullness is so much better than emptiness, right? Fullness is so much better. So much better. We get to live in that. Because we have Christ living inside of us. Fullness. We get to live in peace and righteousness and joy. So much that it becomes overflow, and that's where you give to others. You're so full all the time with the joy of the Lord that it overflows to the people around you. That is what we want. That's what Christ wants. That's what he intended. Because we can't give unless it's the overflow. It's the flowing out. It's just you just bump into someone, it's like boom, it just spills out, and then they're just they're joyful, right? That's what you want. I Lana came up to me the other day and she's like, I don't understand people are sad. I just don't get it mom like I try to like be like there, there she's like but I can't even comprehend people who live in sadness she's like I don't understand that I can't even think that way and I thought good job mom and God's like no good job that was Jesus <laughs> give him the credit I was like okay Jesus you got this but I look and I say wow that's where we should be, that it's an overflow, that when someone comes with, with, with sorrow and this weight, that you can just say, I don't understand this, but there is this guy who showed me this love, and you need to meet him because he's going to take that all away. And that is so good. It's all about Jesus. You guys just really feel that Jesus is saying, I mean, I just really feel to glorify him. And not just because we say the name Jesus, but when we really think about what he did, it's like, it's so good. It's that overflow. I'm just going to take a minute. Let's just take a minute. Let's just close your eyes or keep them open. I don't, whatever you want to do, that's, you have a choice. <laughs> but we're just going to um, just come together today and just, just have the Lord. We're just going to invite him to just flow here today. Oh, Lord, we just, just Holy Spirit, we just ask you to move in this place today. We just ask you to come in the name of Jesus and just move in the hearts of these people. Lord, if they have not met, God, if they have not met your son Jesus, just, just awaken in them right now. Just stir, just stir in them. God, we just thank you for just, This amazing just meeting that you have with them. So we just thank you for that. And God, we just ask that the Holy Spirit just continue to move and to help us recognize when we are living contrary to the love of God. And the last thing is, Lord, let your love just flow over. Let it just be so much overflowing in this group that they can't contain it. Lord, let them be so overflowed that they cannot stop talking about Jesus because of what he's done. Lord, let it be so overwhelming that his name has to come forth from their lips that every time they want to bring punishment, that the overflow of the love of God comes out of them so mightily that change doesn't just happen in their lives, but anyone that's around them is just flowing so heavily out of them that everyone around them's lives begins to change because the anointing of the Lord begins to fall on them. I just thank you for that. And I thank you for anyone who had that stirring in their heart today, Lord. You, you continually show them how to walk, how to do the next step, how to renew their mind. So I just thank you. So if there's anyone here today that you today said, I had that stirring. Go to your word. Go to the Bible. God says he's going to meet you there. He's going to give you the next step. He's going to give you the next revelation. He's going to give you um, the next truth for your life. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.